be popular to run for office, but if that's still the case, the man I'm standing with, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, could certainly win any office in the land. And Sean, we saw it here live with my baby tonight, Double J. He seems to be on a roll in the World Wrestling Federation. Well, you know, something Goldilocks has been living in this fairy tale world, but tonight he made it a reality. He got out there and sang, hey, I can't knock Double J. I bet people call him on my birthday. My birthday is yesterday. Nobody called me. But the fact of the matter is the fans of the World Wrestling Federation want the heartbreak kid to get himself his own birthday present. And that present is going to be the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Championship belt. Goldilocks. Your fairy tale run is over here in the World Wrestling Federation. Is that what this place is called? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay, something like that. They didn't change it. Oh, that's good. It's goodness. not the Double J yet. No, it's not the WWF. I'm going to be the new Intercontinental Champion. And Double J, you're going down courtesy of the Heartbreak Kid. The one and only Shawn Michaels ready to hopefully take the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title for a record-tying third time. Who knows what's going to happen, guys? Let's get back to you. <laughs> Yes, 1995, the year that Shawn Michaels started his road to greatness. Welcome everyone to Russell Talk Wednesday right here on Matt's World, where it's my world and you all just live in it. Matthew Barr is here and of course, got some news, some reviews and some matches also, I'm going to give my thoughts on the Naomi and um, the Naomi and Sasha situation. And first and foremost, we're going to get into the kombucha of the day. The kombucha of the day, once again, it's a trilogy. Yep, trilogy from Synergy Raw Kombucha. I was supposed to go get some kombucha, so um, yeah. I have to go shopping and get some more kombucha and what have you. But nonetheless, this is once again the kombucha of the day. Let's open this up. There we go. And I've already talked about Trilogy Kombucha, and it's really good. It has a good taste, and um, even though there's some ginger, but you rarely um, taste it, though. Waiting for the fizz to go down. Cheers. All right, we're going to get into some top stories. Now... The top story, of course, uh, well, one of them at least, Ric Flair is coming out of retirement, and he will be wrestling at his uh, son-in-law's, um, you know, Conrad's, um, yeah, Conrad's StarCast event, 
and yeah, Conrad Thompson. And my thing on this is, look, we all know that there are certain wrestlers, you know, that can still go uh, today in the ring. You know, we have Dustin Rhodes, who can definitely still go, you know, we see him in AEW, he's put on, you know, he put on a hell of a match with CM Punk, we have Sting, he's still wrestling, and although it's mostly tag matches with Darby, but, you know, he can still go in the ring, you know, he's not gonna be winning any big world titles, and also when Sting was coming back in AEW, I told you know, I was telling a good friend of mine, uh, Kenny, on our wrestling show that we used to do, is that, um, you know, Sting, you know, he's not there to win any big titles. He's not there to win the big one. You know, he's there to put some people over, and, you know, he'll win some matches here and there. And that's what he's been doing so far. And, of course, as we all know, Stone Cold came back for one night only at WrestleMania. And, you know, he did look a little sluggish out there a bit, you know, but he was still pretty good, you know, and he had a good match with Kevin Owens, he, you know, he was tremendous, but as far as Ric Flair goes, I mean, Flair got the perfect send-off, he had the perfect send-off at WrestleMania, and then, of course, he came back in TNA, and, you know, but my thing is this, Flair is a two-time Hall of Famer, and, you know, he's got his podcast, he's got, you know, his car insurance commercials. I mean, it's like, he really does not need to come back to wrestling. I mean, they say he's coming back for one more match. Well, yeah, he's going to come back for one more match, all right, until someone offers him more money. And my thing is this, I think he really should retire permanently you know, make a few appearances, maybe get in the ring once in a while and chop somebody or put somebody in a figure four leg lock, but not have an actual match. And also, you know, if he is to come back, why at a independent show? It should be on a much bigger stage. Nothing against StarCast, you know. I mean, from what I hear, it's, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good event, you know, but, uh, you know, it should be much bigger. You know, I mean, hell, he can, you know, he can do it on for Billy Corgan in the NWA. I mean, granted, you know, um, you know, NWA's pay-per-views are not always, um, you know, I mean, they have good pay-per-views, but um, as far as, um, you know, visual-wise, you know, they need to get in much bigger arenas and stuff. And, of course, it's not going to happen in AEW because uh, Tony Khan has uh, cut all ties with Flair, you know, after the whole um, Dark Side of the Ring episode. And, of course, Flair has uh, burned a bridge with some people in WWE. Well, not Vince McMahon, but uh, Jeff Kahn. No relation to Tony. And, and stuff. And on top of that, we hear that he's also back on the sauce as well. And supposedly, you know, allegedly back on the sauce, but, um, you know, I don't know, it's just, just stay retired, you know, just, just stay retired, you know, that's the whole thing, my, 
that's my two cents on it. Just just stay retired. You know. Uh, next, of course, the big story. Uh, Lash Legend is out of the NXT uh, breakout tournament. She is... Uh, no, sorry, not Lash Legend. Um, Nikita Lyons. Nikita Lyons is out due to an injury, which is sad. And... No, wait, is it Nikita Lyons that's out? Or is it Lash Legend that's out? Yeah, I was, I was watching a little bit of uh, NXT last, last night. So, uh, I'm going to look this up. Uh, Lash Legend. Yeah, I'm just looking this up here. I know I should have probably gotten my information, to, you know, all my information and and stuff before uh, I start taping here, but nah, what are you gonna do? Um, oh, wait, it was, um, I'm reading, I'm reading this right now. Oh, yeah, it was, um, the Kita Lions, um, that's out. Yeah, Nikita Lyons is is out of the tournament. Yeah, she uh she's out with um Yeah, Nikita Lyons is out with a with an injury. So um but you know, the tournament is still going to go go on and the finals will be decided at in your house. And yeah. And then, of course, uh, tonight on AEW Dynamite, we have the steel cage match between Warlord and um, the chairman, Sean Spears. And we all know that Warlord is going to win that cage match. Even though MJF is the special guest referee, you know, he's, he's still going to win. We're going to get that match. At Double or Nothing this weekend, uh, which is Sunday, yep, Memorial Day weekend. And I really do believe that um, Warlord is going to get the match, and I think Warlord's going to go over in that match with MJF. So, uh, that's my uh, that's my take on it. And now, we're going to get into going... So sorry. Um, we're gonna get into the Naomi and Sasha walking out thing right here on going to the mat. All right, we're gonna talk about Naomi and Sasha right here on taking it to the mat, giving you guys uh, my thoughts, and here are my thoughts on them walking out. I see it from both sides. You know, I mean, everything is not black and white. You know, with me, not everything is black and white. There are some shades of gray, and this is a gray area that I fall into with this. On one hand, yes. You know, it is nice to see wrestlers in WWE stand up against, you know, the creative team. You know, because it's like, WWE, for the last... Let's see, 10, 
yeah, I would say the last 10, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 24 years. For the last 24 years, WWE has done some fucked up shit creatively. Well, they've done some fucked up shit for decades, you know, ever since, you know, Vince McManus, you know, took took over, you know, and, you know, he took over his father's company and gave birth to Hulkamania and the rest, as they say, is history. But, you know, they have done some fucked up shit, but in the years since 2007 and, of course, the anniversary of the you know, the Benoit uh, murder tragedy is coming up, and uh, I will be doing some shows on that, is, you know, creatively, they have fucked up things where, which should have been an easy layup. You know, we've all heard about the bus flip, you know, certain wrestlers getting let go, changing storylines, and, you know, you know, people who should have been wearing titles on them, they don't get titles and, and what have you. I mean, WWE has done some fucked up shit. And instead of having the, the usual wrestlers that go, well, I just show up and I just do what I'm told, you know, we see a little pushback. You know, we saw, we saw it with Charlotte Flair, even though... You know, Charlotte, yeah, you know, I mean, Charlotte did make herself more of a villain and it ended her relationship with Becky Lynch. But at the same time, you know, it's good to see someone have a little pushback and what have you. And, and of course, we also heard uh, Amber Moon's interview, you know, Amber Moon saying that, you know, she was frustrated with the creative team in NXT you know, one, of course, getting rid of Shotzi, then they're saying they're going to redo her character, and then taking her off TV, and then they're saying, you know, we want to make you a coach, and of course, she was not, you know, ready to be a coach, especially when she's still in the prime of her life, and then, of course, eventually, she got let go because of the, you know, because of the budget cuts. And, you know, it's frustrating. It can be very frustrating. And, you know, we've heard about wrestlers who have left the company before, who have been frustrated with the creative team. You know, it's not just Vince McMahon. You know, there's Bruce Pritchard. And Bruce Pritchard, you know, I respect. But, uh, you know, but when it's to the point where it's like it's just going along with it because it's Vince's company, you know, I mean... And now that, you know, there's no say-so or, you know, even if they do, you know, get in Vince's ear and try to convince him at the last minute, you know, you know, he'll change it. I mean, we've all heard that stories, you know, like uh, three hours or eight hours before, before our show, you know, um, you know, Vince McMahon will change it, you know, and it's, it can be frustrating. It can definitely be frustrating. You know, and then, or of course with wrestlers, you know, certain talents, you know, it's start and then they stop, you know, oh, we're going to start to push you. But then the next thing you know, they're taking off TV for six weeks and then they come right back. 
And just like what they've done right now with Shotzi Blackheart. You know, I mean, Shotzi, you know, she came up to NXT. She was getting a little bit of a push. Then they started to turn her heel. And then, you know, of course, we only see her for a short period of time. And when we do see her, she's mostly losing matches. And now it's to the point where it's like people go like, do you still work here? <laughs> you know, they'll say that to Shotzi Blackheart. And I love Shotzi. You know, I loved her in NXT. I thought that she could have, um, you know, I thought that she could have um, been NXT Women's Champion, but then, you know, the budget cuts happened, and then they had to push her, push her out to the main roster, and I had high hopes for her, and now, unfortunately, I've lost faith in what they're going to do with her. I really have. I haven't lost faith in her as a wrestler, you know, because she's, she's a tremendous wrestler, but what they're doing with her creatively, it absolutely, positively sucks. And I can understand why people like Sasha Banks and Naomi would walk out. But at the same time, I also believe in you have to honor your contract. And I also believe at the end of the day also that when you walk out, you walk out on the fans. Because these are fans who have paid thousands upon thousands of dollars to see you. They pay thousands and thousands of dollars to see you, whether it's in the cheap seats, the middle row, the front row, wherever it is. I mean, granted, I'm not, you know, if I go to any event, you know, wrestling, basketball, whatever, I don't like being in the nosebleeds. I mean, I, I refuse to go to the nosebleeds unless it's, unless they offer me something that I can't turn down. But nonetheless, when those fans pay that money to see you and... All of a sudden, they find out that, you know, you walked out, you're not going to wrestle. Then they become disappointed. They become disappointed, and they have to take it on the chin. And nobody wins. And then, production-wise, you know, you have to change graphics at the last minute. You have to change uh, the storyline, the narratives at the last minute. I mean, it's one thing if a wrestler gets injured, you know, like on NXT, but when it's someone who walks out and, you know, at the last minute just walks out, just takes their ball and goes home, then it becomes a problem. And I've also said, you know, that, you know, if, if they do this in an in another promotion, you know, they're not going to be trustworthy, you know, because another promotion could look at this and go like, even if it's a legit reason, even if it's a legit reason to walk out on a company, you know, they'll look at it and go, well, if I don't, if I sign this person and I don't give them what they want, then he or she is going to walk out on me. And that's going to, fuck up my money and yeah and at the end of the day it all goes on on the promoter you know it's like uh paul Heyman said when talking about the montreal uh, screw job in the monday night wars documentary you know my company my investment my ass 
You know, it's not the wrestler's ass. Well, it's somewhat their ass. But if I'm the promoter and I promote that you're going to be there and then you're not there and the audience gets mad and pissed off and then everything goes in disarray, then it's on me, the promoter. It's my ass. It's not their ass. It's my ass. So I understand both sides. And to be honest with you, I really don't think there is no real right or wrong here. Um, There really is no right or wrong answer to this one. However, I do feel that, um, you know, yes, you know, Sasha and Naomi, yes, by sticking up, yes, you know, it's good to stick up for yourself. But at the end of the day, if you're going to stick up for yourself, if you're going to do that, well, then you have to take the repercussions. Because there are repercussions for this. It's like uh, what Charlemagne the God said about Monique when Monique um, told, you know, Tyler Perry and um, uh, the creator of um, of Star and um, and Empire. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name now. Um, you know, he said, like, he told him, you know, suck my dick, you know, and she, you know, and Charlemagne said, look, you tell people to suck your D, get ready to die or kill. And, yeah. You know, be ready to die or kill. And, you know, I understand, you know, it can you can easily be frustrated in that company and, you know, because they have a history of fucking people over, they... You know, especially with storylines, that should be easy layups. But at the end of the day, you know, you have a contract. And I believe that you should also honor your contract. And also, you know, after your contract ends, you can do whatever you want after that. You can do whatever you want after that. But honor your contract. You know, I mean, and people like to say, well, Austin walked out and, you know, it turned out great. But... It won't always turn out great, unlike Austin or Punk. I mean, with Punk, it took years for him to get back into pro wrestling because it seemed like he turned his back on pro wrestling. But he, Tony Khan offered him money, and he felt good about it. He's thriving in AEW. And as far as Austin, you know, people were mad at Austin. You know, Vince McMahon was mad at him. Uh, even JR. JR was disappointed in Austin. And him and... JR, they go way back. They go back to their days in WCW. And, you know, they talked about it on an episode of uh, WWF Confidential. And that was an old show. I remember that show. And, you know, JR was disappointed. You know, everybody was disappointed. Yeah, Austin had a legit reason because, you know, you know, they're not advertising the match with Brock Lesnar on Monday Night Raw, the King of the Ring qualifier, and, you know, he felt like, you know, they're doing nothing with the character, you know, the creative-wise, you know, but at the end of the day, if you have a contract, you have to honor your contract, and, you know, you gotta put your best foot forward, and then once you're, or better yet, uh, offer for them to buy out your contract. And if they don't buy out your contract, then just honor the contract, do what you're you're told. And then once it's up, 
you can go do whatever you want to after that. You know, it's, um, to use an old saying, another old saying, this one's from Denzel Washington, do what you're supposed to do so that you can do what you want to do. And, you know, I mean, regardless of how this ends, whether Naomi and Sasha come back or where they, they wind up in another promotion or if they leave wrestling, period, you know, I mean, I have no ill will towards these people. You know, I wish them all the best. I hope uh, something good comes out of this and that's all you can hope for. You know, that's all anybody can hope for in this situation. And now I'm going to get off my soapbox on this one and we're going to go into a review. Alright, now it is time for the WWF Home Video Review. And we're going to be looking at WWF's most unusual matches. Yep, and this was released May 16th, 1986, and the host is Jesse Ventura, and of course, uh, this involves uh, specialty matches, and, you know, there's some battle royals and some other type matches here, and <clears throat> gonna get right into it. We first started off with a lumberjack match. For the Intercontinental Championship, Tito Santana versus Greg Valentine. Uh, Greg Valentine had taken the title from Tito and put him on the shelf with a knee injury due to the figure four leg lock. Whenever they they had a rematch, Valentine would get himself counted out, and thus we have a lumberjack match. Some of the lumberjacks include King Kong Bundy, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Sansi's favorite. Rocky Johnson, Matt Bourne, and more. We don't see the full match, but we still get plenty of action. And this match is a brawl from the beginning. Valentine keeps trying to escape, but the Lumberjacks keep pulling him back in. The match ends when Tito throws Valentine into the ropes. Their heads collide, and Valentine falls on top of Santana to win the match. A good match with plenty of action and highly recommended for anyone who remembers the Valentine and Santana rivalry. Four stars. The next match is an Indian strap match between Greg the Hammer Valentine and Chief J Strongbow. This match took place on July 30th, 1979 in Madison Square Garden. Strongbow gets busted open early but soon takes over Valentine then takes over and then Chief pulls him outside and the fight continues. Strongbow slams Greg's head into the post and is busted open. The fight ends when Strongbow kicks the ref and him and Valentine continue brawling before the other wrestlers come to the ring and try to break it up. There was no winner in this match, but it was still a good fight, and a little blood never hurt anyone, so therefore, I give it four stars. The next match, a Texas Tornado match between the Hot Rod, Rowdy Ronnie Piper, and Cowboy Bob Orton 
against Superfly Jimmy Snuka and the JYD. At this time, Piper and Snuka were still in a heated rivalry after the infamous Piper's Pit, where Piper hit Snuka with the coconut. This match is just a pure street fight. No countouts, no DQs. The match ends when Piper trips JYD from the outside and Orton uses his tights to win. We didn't get any blood in this match, but we still got a good street fight, and it's definitely worth watching. And yes, it gets four stars. And next, we get an all-girl battle royal. This was from the late 60s, and in this battle royal, you eliminate your opponent by pinning her. I knew the style... I know the style of women's wrestling was different back then, but it's still not that good and a little long for my taste. Two stars, and you should definitely skip this one. Yeah, definitely skip that one. Next, we get a 20-man battle royal, and this took place in Madison Square Garden on July 23, 1984. The 20-man battle royal include big names like Paul Orndorff, the Wild Samoans, Sergeant Slaughter, Charlie Fulton, Antonio Noki, Cowboy Bob Orton, Dirty Dick Murdoch, Adrian Adonis, and Tony Correa. We don't see the entire Battle Royal, but it is pretty slow. Antonio Noki eventually wins the match, eliminating Renee Goulet. I'm not a big fan of Battle Royals unless it's the Royal Rumble, so this match doesn't really do it for me, despite the fact that it's clipped. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, they clipped it, you know, they cut off some parts. But nevertheless, still, I didn't like it, and it's two stars for me. Next, we get the Steel Cage match for the Intercontinental Championship. Superfly Jimmy Snuka versus the Magnificent Don Morocco. This is the infamous Steel Cage match from October 17th, 1983. Nothing more could be said about this match that hasn't already been said it's bloody it's brutal and it was the biggest highlight in both of their careers the best moment was when the superfly leapt off the cage and splashed morocco a classic match that never gets old five stars and next we have uh, jimmy snooker and arnold scullin take it on captain lou albano and don morocco this tag match took place two months after the cage match, the day after Christmas, believe it or not. Arnold became Snuka's new manager, and we get to see him come out of retirement to wrestle. This match was slow, despite not, despite it not being the full match, and although Snuka and Arnold got the win, it did nothing for me, so I give this one one star. Skip it. Next, we get a six-man tag with Haystacks Calhoun, Larry Zabisco, and the High Chief, Peter Mayavia, against Moose Monroe, Strong Kobayashi, and Paul the Butcher Vashon. Uh, we join the match in progress, and it's very short but sweet. Haystacks scores a splash on the Butcher and wins for his team. All in all, it's, you know, it's an okay match. You know, it's just okay, and you can still look at it if you want it. So I give it three stars.
And then finally, we have ourselves Mr. Fuji, Ray Stevens, Buddy Rose, Don Morocco, and Superstar Billy Graham versus Andre the Giant, Salvatore Bellamo, Pedro Morales, Rocky Johnson, and Jimmy Snuka. You know, and this is a three out of five falls match, and it took place at the Spectrum Center. This match was on the bloopers and bleepers mat, um, DV, uh, D, well, homicide DVD uh, video. And we get to see more of the match, even though it is still clipped. Morocco's team won the first fall, while Andre's team won the last three falls. A good match and a great way to end the video. Three and a half stars. And my final grade for this is an A minus. Overall, this video is an hour and 27 minutes long, and it's the best time you will spend watching this video. The only ma match shown is, is in its full length is the Snuka and Morocco cage match, and it is the best match on the video. The Battle Royal match, the, yeah, the matches and the tag match with the managers, you can skip. But everything else is worth watching. And I strongly, strongly recommend it. And now we're going to go into our match of the day. Yep, we have the uh, match of the day. The Heartbreak Kid. Shawn Michaels versus Jeff Jarrett. J-E-double-F-J-A-double-R-E-double-T. That's Double J. Jeff Jarrett. For the Intercontinental Championship. And this took place at the second ever In Your House pay-per-view. And it took place in Nashville. And Shawn Michaels, of course... Um, in 1995, uh, he had become a babyface. You know, him and Diesel, Kevin Nash, they had gotten the two dudes with serious attitudes team back together. And now, you know, Shawn, Shawn Michaels is trying to regain the Intercontinental Championship. And he's going up against uh, Double... Jay, who is a three-time Intercontinental Champion himself at this time. And I first saw this match on a... Um, yeah, I first saw this match on a In Your House, um, the best of WWE In Your House. And yeah, home video that I got as a kid at a Toys R Us. So now... Here we are with the full match here. Well, we're going to start off here with uh, Shawn Michaels' entrance. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Break kid. Shawn 
using my fingers and using air quotes a yeah I performed you know with my baby tonight and oh look at Sean there looking at himself with the intercontinental title belt <laughs> but um but yeah Jeff Jarrett he performed he sung that night well the storyline was going to be that it was that it was actually the roadie, yep, Brian James, aka the Road Dog, aka Jesse James. Was actually the one that was singing it, and it was supposed to be like a country version of Millie Vanilli. But of course, uh, Double J and the roadie, they. They left after that, and yeah, they walked out. Yeah, they both walked out, and then, of course, the storyline was discontinued. Jeff Jarrett would come back for a short period of time in 96 and go into WCW. Well, he came back in late 95 and a little bit in 96, and then he um, left for WCW, and the rest, as they say, is history. Alright, here's the lockup. Oh, arm drag there by Double J. Yeah, and the little strut. Yeah, a lot of people call that a hokey strut, you know, and of course it was, um... <clears throat> and of course that, that also originated from, um... From Jesse Fargo. Yeah, Jesse Fargo, a wrestler in Memphis. And, you know, the Fargo strut. Oh, and yes, Ric Flair took that from him. <laughs> Jarrett, oh, misses with a right hand. Sean with a right hand. Throws him in the corner. Oh, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, right hand. Oh. <laughs> now Sean's on the outside. Man, look at him. He's... Sitting right there on the corner with the hold up the peace sign. <laughs> now Sean gets back into the ring.
Alright, now collar elbow tie up. Side headlock. Now Sean throws him in the ropes. Hip toss. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, punches him. There's a flip. Oh, Sean. <laughs> Two fingers in the eyes of Jeff Jarrett. Goes for a hip toss. No. Punches him. Flips over. Ducks the clothesline. Oh, a right hand. Just over the ropes. Nope. Reversal. Sean. Oh, jumps right over him. Oh, nails him with a right hand. Throws him in the ropes. And a hip toss. Clothesline. Oh, they both go over, and Sean's skinning the cat. Oh, yeah, doing the strut. <laughs> yeah, and there's a guy with a sign there that says, Double J, Jerk Jarrett. <laughs> Jeff, looks like he's walking out. Yeah, you can only win the title on a count out in this, or disqualification. Oh, the referee going for a count out. Jared gets back in. Nope. Rolls right back out. Uh, trying to play some mind games there with HBK. Hmm. Yeah, look at the road. Roadie there. Road dog, man. He had some good braids. Man, he had some good hairstyle. He had a good hairstyle back then. Hmm. Jeff. Oh. Goes back out. Once again, doing the strut. Yep, he's stalling. Oh, Shawn Michaels right behind him. Hello! Bam! Right hands. Oh, another one. Uh oh, Shawn's off the top. Oh, he got caught. Double J. Oh! Lands around across the back of the neck of Shawn Michaels. Double J throws him in. Drop kick. Nope. Shawn stops short there. Oh, right hand. Throws him in. Oh. Swings. Shawn pokes him. And here's Double J coming over in. Oh, Shawn throws Double J over the top rope. Oh, yeah. Now, Sean, he's up on the top rope. Whee! Oh, lands right on both of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the part where, um, you know, that part right there, that's when the, um, the video starts on that match. You know, it starts when... You know, Sean is thrown to the ropes, and he pokes Rhodey into the eyes, and then Jeff uh, throws him over the top rope. <laughs>
Now Sean gets Jarrett back in the ring. Now Jeff <laughs> trying to beg him off, and Sean's like, eh, nope. This is for the Intercontinental title. <laughs> Sean throws him in. Jeff reverses. Oh. Jeff thought he faked him out, but nope. Sean's still on the second rope. Oh. Flying sunset flip. Oh, he misses with the punch. Sean going in. Oh, he gets back body dropped right over the corner and right onto the outside. Now, oh, Jarrett rams Sean Ryan to the steel steps. Bam! Nails it again. Yeah, here it is in slow-mo. Whoa. Uh, Sean got some serious hang time there. Jarrett throws him into the ring. And picks him up. Oh! Ford suplex there. One, two, and no! Sean kicks out. Oh. And now Jarrett throws him in the ropes. And he's got a head domino stretch. Yep, he's got a head domino stretch there. And this is another one of these uh, matches that I never get tired of. And and I promise you, um, you know, we'll, you know, sometime in the near future on um, Wrestle Talk, uh, I'll do a, um, you know, I'll do like a countdown or something of like my favorite matches, you know, sometime in the summer. And also with that, I'm gonna bring Prima back on the show for that one. Yeah. So, me and Prima, we can watch, like, some of my favorite matches. You know, my all-time favorite wrestling matches. There's Jared. Yep. Has the roadie there helping him. The abdominal stretch. Nope. Referee sees him. And Sean with the hip toss. Sean throws him in. Double J. Oh, a DDT. Jarrett goes for the cover. One, two, no! Sean kicks out. And at this point, Vince McMahon's uh, microphone is out. <laughs> All right, Jarrett putting Sean on the second rope there, choking him there. And now the referee's distracted, and oh, there's the roadie pulling on him. Jarrett goes back to choking him on that second rope again. Alright. Brody. Oh, he thinks he's got Sean, but nope. Sean's got him. Pulling on his hair. And, oh, Jarrett nails the roadie right on his head. And Vince McMahon's microphone is back. Sean rolls up. One, two, no. 
Oh. Now Jarrett gets thrown in. Nope. Reverses and Sean. Oh, the flare flip. Yeah, that's what I liked about Sean Michaels too. Whenever he would get thrown into the corner and he would get flipped upside down. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, of course, I years later I realized that Ric Flair actually did it first. But you know, that used to always amaze me. You know, like Sean would just get thrown in there and he go upside down. You know, I mean, that was amazing. Now Sean is on the outside. Referee telling Jeff Jarrett to get down from the corner. He can't fly off. And of course, referee distracted. And oh, the roadie comes off the ring apron with a clothesline. Oh, look, he's doing a little dance. <laughs> yeah, I love this part right here. After that, he looks right into the camera. <laughs> Yeah, I love Road Dog, man, you know, and, you know, he's, you know, he's amazing. You know, he was what he was definitely one of my favorites in DX. Next to X-Pac. Here's Sean. Looked like he's about to get back in. Yep, he's back in. Oh, and Double J's pissed. He thought he should have won by a countout. Now Double J. He's going off the top. And I cross body. Nope. Sean reverses it. One, two, no. Reversal. And oh, Jeff Jarrett going for a crucifix. Nope. Right into a sunset flip. Can he get him over? No. Sean punts it. One, two. Oh, sunset flip. One, two, no. Oh, drop kick by Double J. One, two, no. Yeah, this is an amazing match here. I, I mean, I defy anybody to watch this match and tell me that they're not a wrestling fan. And Jeff Jarrett's got Sean right there in the sleeper hold. I mean, this is a five-star match here. Yeah, this is a five-star match. I mean, I mean, this is definitely one of these matches I can never get tired of uh, get tired of watching. Some good kombucha there. Uh. One, two, and oh, Sean got shoulder up. All right now, Sean, he's he's starting to get up. And now, Sean, back. Oh, belly to back suplex. <clears throat> and they're both down. And referee's laying down the count. Alright, up to seven. 
Going to eight. And Sean, he got... <sighs> Sean got the shoulder up. Wherever he says wrestle. And now Sean, he's slowly crawling over. One, two, no, Jerry kicks out. Jerry goes into the ropes. Sean blocks it. Oh, right hand. Goes into the ropes again. Blocks it. Another right hand by Sean. This is the clothesline. Flying clothesline by Sean. There's the kick up. Comes off the ropes. Sean with a right hand. And another one. Now Sean throws him in the corner. And flying forearm. Oh, stomps on him. Now Sean looking through the legs. Double axe handle. One, two, no! Jared, oh, gets slammed. And now Sean, head up to the top. Second greatest flying elbow in the world of professional wrestling. Oh, nailed it. One, two, no. Oh. And now Sean throws him in. Oh, he ducks. Pulls Jarrett. Oh, right into the ring post. He's going to go for it. Oh! He ain't going to be with his baby tonight. <laughs> and now, Sean. Oh, the roadie. Shake the ropes. And now Double J is on the top. Oh, suplex right off the top. Now Jared, he's signaling for the figure four. Sean rolls him up. One, two, no. Kicked out. And now calf breaker by Jared. Right on the knee of Shawn Michaels. Now he's going for the figure four again. Sean kicks him off. Oh! Right into the referee. And the referee's out. Now, Sean, he's getting up. Uh-oh. Sent up for some sweet chin music. And Rodog, oh, from behind, clipped the knee.
Rhodey wakes up the referee. And now Jared, he's off the top. High cross body. Nailed it. One, two. No, Sean kicks out. Now Jarrett throws Sean into the ropes. No, wait. Sean reverses. Oh, Road Dog. He accidentally tripped. Double J. Sweet chin music. Uno, dos, tres. And we have a new Intercontinental Champion. Sean Michaels. Five-star match. Yeah, I used to love the way Sean danced. <laughs> oh, kissing that girl. Kishi, Adel Montoya, just incredible. Yeah, Shawn Michaels. Word or if you have it on DVD, VHS, whatever. Great match. Definitely worth looking at. And that's going to do it for Wrestle Talk Wednesday. Friday is Fun Day Friday. 
And on that one, it's gonna get a little X-rated. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely X-rated. So, uh, for all you ladies out there who wanna, who are looking for an excuse to, sh to test out the batteries in your shiny new vibrator, well, that episode is gonna be for you. So, having said all of that, See you all later, and remember, don't have a great, I mean, don't have a good day. Have a great day. Bye-bye.